going to do a show we never particularly set out or desire to do because it's a sad one. It's got a deep amount of bummer, but it is still time for Verbal Tap. show that proves fighting just uh, the least of our concerns. It's always nicer when it's just fighting. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, the news broke pretty early Sunday that an absolute giant and continued shooting star in the sport of grappling Leandro Lowe was shot at a concert seems like maybe sort of a nightclub type venue very brief altercation where a gun was pulled out by what has been described as an off-duty police officer so I'll, I'll stop and pause with your initial takes it Always, we know the story can vary a little bit. It sounds pretty much like we've gotten the story we're going to get, but what are your thoughts as we, we make the announcement? In shock. It was kind of one of those news articles that comes by you and you get very sad for a number of reasons. You obviously think about friends and family members and Leandro Lowe is a giant in our sport, but it feels so much smaller because in jiu-jitsu, you feel like you've taken a seminar from him. You've seen him fight at the pyramid. You've seen him compete on these stages where you felt close enough to him so that when somebody says he got shot, he was murdered, your first thought is, uh, wait, what? What happened? And then you look into the story and then there's a whole bunch of factors that you probably will never have a handle on. Uh, you know, we're going off of reports, these articles that say witnesses testified and these are in the police reports. I don't know anything that happens other than what we've read in these past two days of these several paragraphs that tell you he had an altercation with the cop. He tried to subdue him. He did. And then let this off-duty police officer go. The officer then pulled out a gun and shot him in the head. And then he was taken to a hospital and pronounced essentially dead, brain dead, very quickly thereafter. And it's an incredibly tragic event for a very beloved figure in our sport, an eight-time world champion in the IBJJF standard, but... We got so used to covering him on the show when it became pans or worlds that I had messaged you and I said, I felt like we took him for granted. And I, I think that's easy to say, especially in retrospect, where you go, damn, dude, I always felt like we'd have more. We'd have more time to see him compete. I think Gordon Ryan just uh, put out a post earlier today where he said that they were even working on a no-gi match between the two of them. So he was still staying current in that respect, but it was incredibly tragic. And you were the person to uh, send the news to me, and uh, the source of it came from a BJJ Reddit thread, which made me immediately go, is this really something that happened? And Deeply hoping it that, wasn't. Man, There's I so wanted... many moments you're like, Reddit, come through for me here. This is when I need you to be wrong. 
And I wanted to send you a note not to be like, haha, you didn't get this right. Just to be like, hey, uh, this is why we double confer. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was unfortunately true. So we haven't really even gotten the chance to talk about it. Um, I was on a broadcast later that night and I had a front row seat to a number of different reactions to it. But you messaged me today. It's about a couple days removed. And you said that it's still stuck with you. Why is it stuck with you like this intensely? Such a bummer. 33 and the funeral was held today. They're going to work on starting a foundation in his honor. So even even in memory, it seems as though the family, which is still reeling in shock and the jujitsu family, because if, if you tune through his YouTubes, you'll find, um, I believe it's, I'll look when they did the, the road to via GJ, JJ Brotherhood. Uh, there's some film out there from Flow Grappling, The Road to Worlds, and 2017, 20, when they started doing that stuff. You can see the gym culture he had created. You can see what was on the horizon, and they were talking pretty seriously about what you're alluding to, which is that he was training for tournaments in the U S there is such a weakness in this from just the, and I saw in the article that was released about the funeral, the priest talked a little about this, just the weakness in gun violence here in the off duty cop, right? Cops are going to be able to carry whatever. It just seems like such an impulse, quick, moment that there's no other tool that really makes that possible it just stucks sticks with you when you lose someone you got so used to watching because you and i have been very large fans along with everyone else and you made the comment it feels like we've taken his seminar have we it does feel like we watched him fight pretty up close in 2012 a few times there was several moments where he spurned through your neighborhood, my neighborhood to fight at some big tournaments and we've gotten to see him and it just really sucks to lose an innovator. It was also somewhat painful to see the people who were closest to him so affected and some of which are former rivals who loved him and who became close with them over the years. Um, and it's weird because a lot of their grieving is happening in a different language. So when I see Hadolfo or Ushesha or as recently as just a couple of days ago, Philippe Pena, all expressing very different things. I had one of my friends tell me recently in response to the Gordon fight, because there was the match that ended up happening. And yeah, we're going to get into that too. Because it is weirdly connected. But he mentioned to me, if you're just taking it from the standpoint of, yeah, in the match, Philippe Pena verbally quit. They called it a verbal submission, by the way, on the show. I just want to point that out. Ouch again. That's a, it's direct. We get it. We, we get it. We're not. We're right over here hearing it. And... Sidetracked as I'm doing a fight companion, I have some idiots because we did well. We got some good numbers on that. And we had some idiots who came in asking for a link to the stream or who were very sadly asking me to turn the camera around. And I told them on the Instagram version of it, I said, I don't know if you guys know this. The people at Flow know me. They know me. I know them. They know me. We're at least friendly and cordial. 
I wouldn't say we're best friends, but we're fine. They're going to know if I turn this around and show you guys the fights. You won't get shit for it. Have we not covered this with the profound amount of negative comments on our social medias? Check The record's clear here. We're not going to show you the stuff for free. No, we're not going to show it to you. And it's just an excuse for me to roast those of you that ask. And then, Kevin, I kid you not, right at that moment, Flow Grappling's account was watching my Instagram stream. It showed me that they showed up. And I got a screen grab just so that I could show people no, motherfuckers, they're keeping an eye on me. Anyway, not important. But well, it could, yeah. We'll get to it. <laughs> when they talked about Philippe Pena after 45 minutes of what was supposed to be a no time limit match with Gordon Ryan, he got his guard passed. He had already confusingly tried to go over to the table to see how long it had been, get a check in on the time. We didn't quite know what it meant. They were trying to build it as he was looking for a way out. And we were wondering what was happening. It was hard because the commentators weren't putting it into context. And there was some missing context that we got a little bit later. But as they were doing that, we looked at it and we said, what is happening here? And of course, in that moment, Bully Pena said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm done. And Gordon runs with that. And he does win because, yes, that is a win. It just felt empty to so many of us. Because we wanted to see this big grudge match. And there were so many things that stemmed out of this. There were questions. Should they have done this event? Should they have maybe rescheduled it? Um, you know, what would Leandra Lowe really want was a thing. And then everybody went into spin mode or telling their narratives. And Philippe Pena, in his opening words, and I don't know if these were the right words, but they were the ones he said in the moment. But he looked at Gordon Ryan and he said, this man has no heart. And when he said that, the audience booed. Now, even if you don't love what that means or you don't know what it means because you're confused, the booing is something that caught me off guard because you knew no matter what context you had that he had gone through something. He lost a friend and not just like a peacefully in his sleep losing of a friend. His friend was murdered. And the connotation of that murder is something that we have as politics here in the United States where it would just be business as usual. Oh, no, there's some really bad things that happen with the police that sometimes you just got to watch yourself sort of a context that you go. That doesn't seem right. So there's a lot of emotions, complications. And if you've ever been in a no time limit situation, you know your brain has to be rock solid because when you get put in bad spots, you may not be there. So it was also later revealed, Kev, and I don't know if you know this, that Philippe Pena went over to Flow Grappling and said, I don't want to do this. And they didn't say you had to, but they pulled some true Irish Catholic guilt kind of level shit where they said, well, you know, we've got a lot of people here and a lot of people would be very disappointed if you didn't do the event, which I guess we, we could do. And he goes, okay, okay, well, can we switch it from a no time limit? Can we maybe make it 30 minutes or an hour? And I think, I'm not sure if they went to Gordon, but it sounds like they were kind of like, eh, we promised everybody this. And Gordon, because he wants to avenge something for his ego, was like, no. And granted, the two had gone back and forth. Gordon alleged he wanted more money. 
I think that stories were put around based on whatever narratives people want to believe. But Kev, the fact that they tried to actually paint it as he was looking for a way out was missing the context of, oh, by the way, he did stop by and ask if we could do a 30 minute or one hour version. Maybe he's coming to check that because he can't get a sense of what time it is. So anyway, before I get into other details, I wanted to get your impression of, do you think if you were producing that event, you would have kept that main event? So this is tough when you, we don't deal with this often where the ramifications of something like what happened can drift into the actual competitiveness of the sport. And before anyone has a moment where it's like the show must go on, ain't the NFL the ratings wise. God bless it. This isn't a moment where ESPN's got an ad deal with Chick-fil-A. That's not what we're talking about. I think you do either your quick look at what the event needs to be and give your athletes some slack if they request it and need it, mostly just so you can say you did more than anything else because everything I've heard is that the event sucked. From it being delayed start-wise to several people Mm -hmm. being like, you know what's actually not great is no time limit. Mm -hmm. So that's an irony that we can have a post-haste conversation about the time limit. What did people actually think? You and I have been long-standing. This sucks. I'm sure there's an archive from 2013 where I was like, you know what we need? Just sub-only, no time limits. Oh, they exist. They wrong. Well, okay, let's let's talk about that because – Yes, that does stem into a good conversation. And before we get back on the on-ramp to where the conversation needs to go, I want to point this out to people. Kev, do you know how old Gordon and Felipe Pena were when they did their first no time limit stipulation match? <laughs> Eight? I don't know. Feels like uh, <laughs> a long time ago, but COVID always scrambles my brain. It does. So. It does. It, and it feels like it's been a decade, but I think it's closer to five, six years. Okay. So the reported age for these two kids is 22 and let's say 25 when they're doing a no time limit match. And they were much smaller than wink. So the weird part of this is while we are fans of the format, we've seen that it can lead to a match where flow grappling in all of their infinite little Caesars cutaways while keeping the live action actually goes, shit, this is a bad idea. In this particular case, the match was slow. Nobody wants to give an inch. They know they're going to be there for a while, the previous encounters. One was a no-time limit one. The other one, a grueling match at ADCC that did go for a little bit as well. So they didn't really rush the action. They know they might be there for a while. And there's not a ton of jiu-jitsu. So when people are talking, they're like, you know, Gordon was dominating him if you really look at it. You know what happened? They put together three clips where Gordon had some great moments. And they were awesome. But it took 45 minutes to get three clips of him dominating Philippe Pena. And I got to tell you, it didn't look super dominant. And it begs the question, is a no-time-limit sub-only match really a young man's game? Because... When I saw these two, I said, you know what? I'm actually okay with these guys where they're at in their careers, giving us 15 minutes. So maybe Felipe Pena wasn't on a bad side. Now, granted, this is Gordon's format. He's been very particular about it. 
But the weird part is he's beaten the people in shorter amounts of time. And the fact that he didn't put Philippe Pena away begged a few questions. Was he trying to beat him with a specific move? Was he frustrated by some of the attacks that Philippe Pena was doing? But more importantly, are they just not good competitors to go up against each other? The two top tier kinds of talent in our sport. So, yeah, I'm sure you can find in the archives us saying like, ugh, man, you can only decide this by no time limit uh, matches. The one thing you maybe didn't hear us say at the time is air it live because I'm good watching it, but you could also give me a highlight recap of it and I'd be just fine. This Put is what Formula on, One learned. Fine. Formula yeah. One's like, no one wants to watch the whole season or the whole race. What if <laughs> afterwards we made like a quick version where people so, could watch it and they could just zoom right in? That's what you need when you start having a submission only match. Jiu-jitsu has changed to the point where that it's just not fun. Well, it also wasn't helped. And you were mentioning uh, the rest of the card. It, they matched together people <laughs> fine for the rest of the card. But there were very few submissions that happened in a night. So it already people felt seemed, like it was going long. People seemed pissed it was late. Oh, yeah, you so, wanted to ask about the late thing. This okay. was, And I'm big mm. about this. Mm. Look, I have a particular feeling. I dislike it. I need to confess something here, Ref. I'm bringing a lot of baggage to the table about Please. someone being like, well, the open mic or the comedy show starts at 10, and then it's starting at 11.15, casually 90 minutes after it was said, whatever. When I see that it's like, hey, we've got this production, we know you're paying, we know we're charging, and then I just see <laughs> my feed light up with, Anybody know if the my internet's out or is this just not working? And then by the eighth person, it's like, I guess it's just not working. Following, thanks. It's not good. It's not a good sign. And you're trying to broadcast stream it. It's you're like Walter Cronkite before the one. You're like, we're gonna go now to Kevin with weather. Kevin, what is going on with the weather in the Midwest? While I try and get an update on when these fights are gonna start. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you know what was great is I started the night off by going, hey, everybody. So this is a no time limit match. I'm here for as long as I'm here. And it looks like I'll be here for the full thing. But if this goes to tomorrow, I love you all. I may leave. But I was there for the whole thing. I got to see a plethora of real-time reactions to a number of things that were going on. But you talked about the lateness of it. Again, we'll come back to Leandro. The lateness of it, Kev, was epic for this reason. I looked at a photo that said start time was 6 p.m. Pacific time. Now, that's god-awful time if you think about it. If the main card is starting and there's seven featured bouts or six somewhere in that region with one of them being a no time limit match if you're on the East Coast. But I digress. Enjoy your midnight snack as you're trying <laughs> to crush Gordon's last 20 minutes. So when they did that, I was pretty cool and I was chill. I was taking my time. I went to go train. You and I talked about doing the episode, this episode, right then and there. Thank God we didn't because there was more context that we needed. And what ends up happening is, as I'm driving home from just kind of relaxing, I get a note from one of my friends that says, oh, by the way, 
it starts actually at 4.30. I go, what do you mean 4.30? They're like, yeah, it just changed on the website. On the website, it says 4.30. I go, does that mean the prelims are starting then? When the fuck is it supposed to go? So I race home. I tell you, I don't think I'm going to have time. You go, eh, fuck it. We'll push our show later. I go, great. I get home. I race home, turn on the TV, and guess what? I make it home just in time to see the same five goddamn commercials air for an hour. They, for an hour, aired commercials, just commercials, and then they would occasionally break the commercials up with a blank screen that says, this show will start soon. But yes, Kevin, in between, it was intermittent. Every minute, it was just blank screen, 30-second hit. Blank screen, 30-second hit. And it was the same five the entire time. So I could not believe that I made it home, rushed home, canceled us doing this show, and then saw that bullshit happen and go, oh, I see why people are angry. Yeah, no, that's not good. People, I had other stuff to do, and that's fine. But when they did come on, they're like, well, Raph, I think they'll start pretty soon. I go, no, you know what's going to happen? They're going to do their take on the inside NBA version of Flow Grappling. Let's pick some shit, and they're going to do that. And they did. This is the hardest part that I have to explain to people. So the reason I asked you is why would you do or what would you do as a producer? I struggle with this through the entire fight companion that night because I do produce things for both internet television and actual television. And I think there's a real struggle. Do you do that event? Do you do the main event? Do you just do the regular event and say, we're going to postpone this because one of the people involved was close to that person? Because there is a tradition in our sport and in mixed martial arts in general where we say the only way to honor a friend that's passed is to get a win. Now, normally, people who do that compete in things like, I don't know, a Super Bowl where there's time in between. You're not doing something actively for a long period of time without rests. Even in combat sports, you are still getting breaks in between rounds or in a fight or in a boxing ring whenever you are combating somebody else. In a no time limit match, I think Pena was trying to tell people of all days to do this, it's not the one. And in some ways, Gordon was leveraging it. And I do understand. Yeah, that is the contract. But shit changed, dude. And this match, if you ask me, was really just about his ego. Because the rest of us were like, well, Felipe Pena's already beat him two times. And maybe he might beat him now because maybe things have changed. He's definitely bigger, question mark. How so? But when that did happen, Gordon didn't grant any difference to the contract, as is his ability to do. But it was really, for all of us to see it, it wasn't like, man, I got to see this happen. It was, can Gordon get it back? And what does that mean to him? So the, by the time he ends up beating Pena, who says, I don't want to do this anymore. You know what? I quit. You get some people who were saying, you know what? Pena really did a disservice to himself. He really, mm, what a, what a pussy. And you get some people who were saying, ah, he really, he should have kept fighting. I don't know why. And yet we're in a sport where we learn to tap when there is potential for physical harm to really, really hurt us. So it's a strange thing, especially when you see so many people, many of whom the same people who say, you know, mental health is a real issue here, people. OK, let's get real about mental health. 
Also, it's really a shame that Felipe Pena did quit and dishonor his friend by not fighting all the way through because that's what Leandro Lowe would have really wanted to do as a competitor. And it's baffling. So I got a lot of those comments that night. And I understand people were trying to make sense of it, but the heartlessness of people not putting together, mm, it's not just a, any other kind of death. It's an actual murder. Your friend is murdered and there's no peace and there's no reason why Leandro Lowe shouldn't be with us here today. Not one that makes sense. And you just, you get really sad and you start to have some empathy. So that's why I asked that question. Cause I, I tell you, Kev, I thought about it and I was like, I don't know. I, you get everybody there. You do want to put on a show, but I think I would have been pushing maybe either for a restricted limit or just to say, you know what? Fuck it. This is not the night to do the main event. You still got a good card. Lovato is a co-main event with Nicholas Marigali. And while Marigali beat the shit out of Lovato for an entire 15 minutes, at least you could have been fine in knowing you had that much top tier talent to rest that card on. Lovato and if people thought it Marigali? Yeah, it was rough, man. Marigali was really looking good. And props to Lovato because he's still getting out there. And Lovato was trying to hit him with some leg locks. And I thought to myself, yeah, is that the best choice for somebody who's training with Danaher now? But it was what it was, Kev. So it was rough. Um, I'm going to go into a little bit more context here in a second. But what did you absorb on your side? Because you said that you were seeing some people respond were you seeing at least more people who were understanding of it? Because immersed in my side, I had a lot of people who were more on the competitive side, which meant I'm disappointed, but with varying degrees of you just don't do that, man. And I'm disappointed for him. I, first of all, always love hearing about a production nightmare. That's my number one verse. I didn't hear... You never, with my particular leanings of a jiu-jitsu group, I don't think I maybe would get the full honest reflection of Lovato's ref, if you get what I'm saying, yep. from the friend group. Pretty mm. pro-Lovato crowd. Not everyone shares my, has my, like, Nicholas Marigali lunchbox hidden in the cabinet because <laughs> he's on the favorite list. Actually, speaking of, damn it, it keeps rolling back because it's like, Marigali's got a lot of, He's got a lot of Leandro Lowe type qualities, especially mm. with just the good luck on passing and trying to guard him. This is an interesting little passing of the torch, though. We don't often hear any analysis that would insinuate Rafael Lovato Jr. has even lost a step. Yeah. Versus here, it sounds like he's lost a grip. And I did hear Marigali looked fantastic. And it's fascinating to hear was the this would be my question to try and get a little bit more scope because everything I had read and seen and, and granted I haven't had a chance to circle back, but I obviously I obviously will once I don't have five hours to dedicate to live <laughs> grappling. Thank you, grappling, for being like, we see your long event UFC and checkmate. <laughs> Hold our beer. Was the Pena match good, or would you say it's the Mergali Lovato match kind of outshines as match of the night? I'm assuming there was no submission. I would have seen that. No submission for Mergali, but he was close in a couple areas. He definitely put Lovato in bad spots, but Lovato is a G and was able to take it to the distance. I just I can't call what I watched with Gordon and Pena good, and. 
as much as I would love to give you that out of context, it's impossible to do it now. It just, the proceedings put a cloud over that event. There's no getting around it. There's no way you can talk about that event without talking about the events that happened around it. And I think in terms of a match, trying to isolate it as best you can, you didn't see wonderful displays of jiu-jitsu. You saw two people pacing themselves, really trying to control the other, finding some difficulties here and there. And there were some flashes of, hey, that's kind of cool. It wasn't out of the norm for a ridiculously talented no time limit submission only match. So that felt at home. What ended up happening after the booing though, Gordon got on the mic and once he heard he has no heart, he goes, well, I was going to say something nice about, uh, Philippe, but fuck him. So whatever now. Yeah. I've shown you guys. I was super dominant. I was like, well, kind of, you didn't really crush him. You didn't beat him. And, and, destroy him you you had a competitive match where maybe you had a slight edge and maybe maybe you would have beaten him uh with a certain kind of jiu-jitsu did felipe say you don't have any heart is that am I yeah the opening thing he said he was he was saying like this man uh he has no heart and the weird part to me is hearing that after it looks and there's the perception that you quit the match it was me thinking, ah, that's not the best choice of words. But also, English is a second language. I, I get yeah, that, okay? I can't really mock him for not being the most articulate in a sport where most of the idiots, even when they know English very well, speak like Gordon and it sounds dumb. What does become problematic is when I say everybody goes into narrative and spin mode, it was... Gordon saying this solidifies me as the most dominant force. And actually now it, it evens things up. I've, I've now made it way more impressive, um, which is him being in his own interest. Philippe Pena kind of almost insinuated that night that Flo was pressuring him. But then later in an interview that they did with him, Kev, there's a six minute interview with him afterwards where he gets to collect his thoughts a little bit more, but no more than maybe 30 seconds into that interview when they said, so what are you thinking right now? Like, how are you feeling, you know, about that match? You just see him break down and start crying. And there are people in the comment section who are saying, I don't know that you should be showing this right now. I don't think this is appropriate. How dare you flow grappling? And though I know it's hard to see and watch, I actually felt like I understood him better from that explanation than I did from the post-fight match where you're dehydrated you're exhausted, you're mentally depleted, and you're obviously disappointed that you can't pull it out of yourself to win that night. But what was most crushing, and I alluded to this maybe a little bit earlier, was that he then explained what his last message from Leandro was. And it was the night before that match. He said that the last message he got from Leandro Lowe was to go out there, win that match, and call him the next day. So the last interaction he had with his friend was one about this particular match. I know a lot of people talk about mental strength. I don't know how you compound that 
with the fact that you'll never see that friend again, with the fact that maybe in the moment you recognize your mental game isn't good enough. I believe that more than Gordon saying he broke him. I believe Gordon easily, yes, in many ways, could have broken him all things different in different circumstances. But in this particular case, you saw a dude, and Kev, I I kid you not, that was only within the first minute, minute and a half. And that interview goes on for four more minutes. And it's grueling to see him just in that raw space of him saying, honestly, where people want you to say a certain thing to feel good about this match. But he was looking at the camera and saying, I mean, Gordon won. I wish I could have dedicated this to my friend. It would have been nice. It just, I couldn't do it tonight. I think what you heard in that interview was a guy who real time put it together. I wasn't going to win tonight. I would have loved to, but I also realize now my friend isn't here. So that's the part that made me write a little thing earlier today where I said, man, how heartless do you have to be as a fan to then go in a comment section and question, oh, you know what? Gordon says that this dude wanted more money. And if he stepped out on those mats, empathy be damned, you got to go out there and you got to deliver. I was like, dude, whatever you got is a hot take. Sit on it and really ask yourself what the fuck you're adding to this conversation because it does sound really shitty. It just does. And not you don't always have to have a take, especially no. if you're a fan. Uh, let this one lie. I wonder if Gordon realizes he's clever Lang in this particular scenario. And, Raph, we might, we'll start this on a separate podcast. Bring back yep. skinny Gordon Ryan. <laughs> I really don't think done. it's possible, honestly. I think we can stop a certain vitamin <laughs> regimen and get things to swell back down to human <laughs> earth. Bring back skinny Gordon Ryan. He was He got to more joints. Well... Here's some other developments that have happened since that I think are at least newsworthy to you and a few of our fans and friends. Uh, I did notice, and I, I had somebody who sent this to me, but when I posted what I've, I felt about the situation, some of the points I've brought up here in this conversation, there were a lot of people who very nicely shared it, and I appreciate that. And that's good. But the crux of what I was saying was, and I'll repeat it here because I think it bears repeating. And it says, jujitsu fans will literally write endless posts about the importance of mental health, then spend hours in the comment section telling you why, yeah, it's sad that Leandro died and all, but Felipe Pena disgraced his entire career by quitting that match. It's a little bit of the consensus that I got. And people have given that some nice life and I've gotten some good remarks and it's been nice. It's, it's a good conversation that I've, I've seen from that. And people have messaged me in private being like, man, sometimes this community fucking blows. So it, it is good to be reminded of that. The thing that's weird is that I had somebody send me a post by Tom de that he shared that Gordon posted and it's just it does show you the disconnect between maybe what the reality of the situation is for other people and what it might be for Gordon. But it says, hey, everyone, I competed shortly after my dad died. Tom DeBlas competed the day after his grandpa died. 
My friends like Tim Kennedy and others alike literally have friends die in their hands and then five fight five minutes later. It sucks, but it's life. Get the fuck over it and show up. Soft ass world we live in today where no one wants to take any personal responsibility. Give me a fucking break. So somehow a passing, a murder nonetheless, gets shoehorned with a personal accountability bullshit explanation coupled with the people gone soft argumentation. Kev, you're a rhetorician, if you would, a student of communication and persuasion. What do you make of that word salad? I call bullshit that Tim Kennedy's had a friend die in his arms and been like, well, I got to get out to the cage five minutes later. That's number one. Number two, we're doing some general generalizations there because generalizations, excuse me, because this is the same crew that's like, you know, Patty Pembroke's right. We got to be about mental health. I don't understand the posturing they do in those moments together, Raph, because that's what it becomes. Well, I have to protect them with this bad idea. Losing your papa is not quite necessarily, you know, unless they were murdered in a nightclub, right? There is situations here in context. So if there's any confusion, it was a double down. And I can't tell at any point where they're trying to blur the lines or unblur the lines, but it just, for jujitsu Oprah, I'm always surprised. They take uh, a hard line, but yeah. Okay, cool. You fought after a loved one passed away. Um, Well, the interesting thing is just that he shared it. Would you like some real time breaking news? Yeah. Uh, Tom, the blast just responded. Uh, because he was tagged in my post, which I didn't do. But he did put a comment on the section, and it says, anyone who says Philippe disgraced his entire career is a joke. Okay, we're all in agreement there. Great. Philippe lost a match. He stopped the match, and he only knows why. Who gives a shit, though? You cannot erase the legend he's built. That's a fact. Okay, Unrelated. Well, that's very on Jiu-Jitsu Oprah brand to be yeah, like. Yeah, that that's what get we out like there to and call. fight. You know what? You're right, Raph. I love. I'm in. I honestly, I think I'd do better in life if I just was like, yeah, screw it. It's a yes. weird straddling of both sides, which is, I think, the reason why somebody put this to it's him, because what they did is they said over here at the bottom, they just said, Tom DeBlas, are you a hypocrite or hypocritical? And I think he felt the need to respond to that uh, one person that put that on there for him. I, I don't know what that means or does. But no, this wasn't written in intention of Tom DeBlas. It was only extra interesting that he reposted something that Gordon said, which is, well, we're very strong and we can take that on and we can fight for people. And I think what the poster was trying to allude to is, dude, don't post about mental illness if you're trying to talk like this. So it is interesting, again, to see that response happen real time. Just happened right now. Look down at it. By tomorrow, don't worry. Reddit will be like, Verbal Tap called out Tom to blast. <laughs> and you know what the nice part is? I'm sure that a conversation with somebody about this would prompt more goodwill than not. But in this particular case, I do think it's a little suspect to 
try and find some sort of spectacularness in a performance because I don't know this tradition of always telling people, well, I got to honor them. I got to go out there and win. It's like, well, you know, there is a proposition where you don't win and then you might create more grief because you didn't win and honor them when in actuality it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I know you're just working through your grief and we allow that when you win, you work through your grief and everybody's like a plus. And then when you lose, it's like, I'm still carrying grief and I just put more on myself. And I go, right, that sucks, but you did lose. So yikes, get out there though. And then we wonder why we have epidemics where people are like, man, mental health. It's a, it's a real thing. I just discovered that. Damn. Who knew this whole time it was going on? That is my favorite we just like from 20 seconds later it's like patty was did you see the spike in people looking for mental health it's just 20 seconds later weakness well that didn't take long so i'm intrigued that that was at least part of the conversation that that got passed around that's Uh, good that it's uh circling back because truthfully you see a share and you assume uh, in the Gordon camp, but then you see a response that kind of logs the divide. What this does, Raph, is stoke the flame for, I guess, the next seven years of us watching Felipe Pena and Gordon Ryan fight in Super Fights. Do it at ADCC, Gordon, just as a reminder. Yeah, I, we'll see what happens here. I just, I love the fact that in a sport where there's a lot of tough guyness projected for a number of different reasons. There's a number of us that sit here and just have to go. This is so fucking dumb. Why are why are people out here trying to prove something? It's not even usually to us. It's to themselves. So I guess it's a good reminder. Yes, if you're experiencing grief, please find people. Please open up. Please do those things. Those are elements of strength and that actually help you in the long term. But I think as we circle back to Leandro Lowe, um, do you have any particular favorite memories of him because there were some elements that were good. There were some athletes. Lovato shared a very nice story. Uh, a lot of the people who competed at who's number one did share a favorite memory. A Bia Mosquita spoke very nicely in saying like, you know, I didn't know him maybe as better than everybody else, but to us, he was a hero. He was a champion and so many of us wanted to be him. And I felt like that was exuded by so many people on their social media and in their accounts and, I've seen thousands of videos of him dancing uh, because he was just that full of life. But did you have any particular favorite memories, either of competition or just from what you've observed from him over the years? I got to witness him up close celebrating one of his many, many IBJJF victories. And it always struck me watching him plummet into his crew. Seemed from everything I could test and I enjoy hearing, he he was frequently difficult to interview or get to interview because he <clears throat> hid behind some, some language barriers that I don't think always existed. <laughs> I think he just used it to, uh, you know, keep the annoying journalists away at times. His charm and his ability to honestly transition from younger, one specific athlete to complete dominance over the course of two, three years there, he was the best. There's no one better. So 
I'll see him celebrating as he pulls off one of his many victories and that thump of the chest as he goes jumping into the crowd. I'll tell you, uh, I think one thing that I really was excited to share on this show was years ago I told a story that I will tell now again, but I didn't say his name because we dropped enough hints where if you knew just enough, which I think is 90% of you, you knew who I was talking about, but I'll go ahead and say it now because I think it's a funny story. But years ago, I was at, I believe it was Pan's. And whenever you go to those events, you have to go find a place to park. And I think this was in Irvine. And I had to find somewhere to go. I had to go to the little part, the little meter where you get a ticket. And I noticed there was a little bit of a line and I'm wondering why it's taking so long. And this woman in front of me goes, what idiot has such a problem that they can't get a fucking ticket to go park. And then right in front of us turns the chiseled charismatic and dead eye stare of one Leandro Lowe who turns to us and just is like, he can't express. I don't know how to make this thing work. So instead he just hands us a credit card and a smile and is like, can you help me with his eyes? His very, very expressive eyes. And this woman who went from calling him an idiot looks at me and goes, oh, my God, it's Leandro. Yeah, give me your card. Okay, let me fix this for you. And even though he couldn't communicate with her, she was smiling. He was smiling. I was laughing because I knew what was going on. And I saw her and I think her boyfriend helping. The only thing she wanted in return was a photo. I took the photo. We told the story. She messaged me because I didn't say her name or his name. And she was like, I can't believe you told that story. That's so amazing. Thank you for doing that. That's so great. It's such a great memory um, after that incident right then and there. And Leandro Lowe and I, we never, I don't think we got to interview. This is one of those ones where I've been doing this too long where I can't remember if I actually did very quickly. But we didn't necessarily know, know each other. We would pass each other. And it was kind of weird in that. I would never, ever say people always know who I am. But because of that one incident and that it was something that was shared between two to three people, he always made sure to kind of give me a look that was like, I know, I remember you. Like, I remember you helped and you were taking the photo and you were doing that. And he remembered that I took other photos. And we never made a big to-do of it, but we always just kind of smiled and nodded and I'd always be like, hey, champ, that was good. Did you see this? And he would always smile, give me a thumbs up and whatever. So... We didn't always have to speak the same language. And I think that's what's so great about him. If you watch those videos of him dancing, if you watched him in the pyramid, if you watched him compete, it was a universal language that he spoke. And I think that the sport is going to be so difficult without him. But there's a whole generation of people that we know now that were heavily inspired by him. So you will see him and his influence go on for years. Because I can tell you, when you see people like the Rotolos and you see people like Cole or Micah Galvo speaking on his behalf and saying they want to emulate that and surpass it, their goals and achievements, 
that could only be made by somebody who set a new standard. And I think that's what Leander did. And I, for one, as somebody who saw him compete, interacted with them just a handful of times and actually have been to after parties where I have seen him truly at his best where he was, uh, he really came alive and he really did have fun when he would go. Uh, I will very much miss seeing him as a presence because it really did feel like we were supposed to see it for longer. That'll do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and rest in peace, champ. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is